hope nobody made a prop bet about either the Eastern Conference Finals or the Western Conference Finals in the NBA going to seven games. Because it is not looking good if you did. Hopefully you didn't waste your money or your jelly beans or whatever it is that you choose to bet. This game that's going on right now, game four of the Western Conference Finals. Los Angeles Lakers up 60-55 at halftime over the Denver Nuggets. If the Lakers win, that's 3-1 series. Dwight Howard's already got a double-double with 11 points, 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis has got 19 points. LeBron James has got 14 points. Kyle Kuzma off the bench has got 10. Things are looking like they're going all right for the Lakers. I would be surprised if Nuggets catch this game. I don't think they're going to. Jamal Murray's got 16 for Denver. Nikolai Jokic, 10. And Jamari Grant has 10 points as well. I like the Nuggets. I didn't think they matched up well with the Lakers. They're going to have their moments. They had the game. I mean, it's 2-1 at the moment. But they just don't have what it they need to stick with the Lakers game in, game out. Well, that's the game we got going on tonight, Thursday, September 24th. If you were catching NBA playoffs last night on Wednesday, the Miami Heat took game four of the Eastern Conference, 112 to 109. It was neck and neck at the end there. But the Heat pull it out, take a 3-1 lead in that series. So if the Lakers win, they got a 3-1 lead. Heat already have a 3-1 lead. We could have two more games of conference finals, and that's a wrap. Crazy, because I didn't think either one was going to go that way. I thought for sure the Heat and the Celtics were going 7. It can still happen, don't get me wrong. I look at the Heat and the Boston Celtics very equal. They have a lot of parts that are the same. But Wednesday's game... Jason Tatum looked awfully, awfully awful in the first half. 0-6 shooting, 0 points. He just looked like he was lost. And the announcers, the commentating team, kept saying it. Like, does he know where he's at? What is he doing? He looks like there's something wrong. Then he goes crazy in the second half and finishes with 28 points. Also had 9 rebounds. But the real story of Game 4 was Tyler Hero. Comes off the bench, 37 points. Insane on fire. Six rebounds, three assists, was five of ten from three. The man, the rookie, has been going off in these playoffs. He's a double-digit scoring machine and can do it any way he wants. Five of ten from three in this game can shoot the rock really well. Crashes boards. Seems to be where he needs to be all the time. If there's a loose ball, expect Tyler Hero to be there. If there is a crazy long ricochet rebound, expect Tyler Hero to be on the receiving end when it hits the court or comes down. He is absolutely everywhere. But then they have such a rounded, versatile offense. Jimmy Butler, probably the biggest name, the best player in the series. 24 points, 9 rebounds. Bam Adebayo, who I am becoming a huge fan of. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Goran Dragic, 22 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. I know this is just numbers if you're listening. Just numbers. But just trying to show you the versatility and everybody on the squad can put up numbers like that. The Boston Celtics the same way. 28 points, 9 rebounds. Kemba Walker, 20 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. Jalen Brown, 21 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists. Everybody can play in the series. 
So when I'm looking at it, at the very beginning, I'm like, oh, no way this goes less than six. I do not see a five-game series. This is going seven. I would have put money on it if I was a betting man. Not a betting man, but I would have. Or at least some jelly beans, some candy corn. Bet something that this was going to go seven games. Oh, no. I do not think so now. I do not. I think the Heat have a firm grasp of the Eastern Conference Finals and are going to be representing the East in the NBA Finals. Same thing with LeBron, Anthony Davis and company. Nuggets had a chance to get a couple games, but down 3-1, if that's what happens, it is going to be tough. But lots of fun to watch and to see what happens as these playoffs roll on. I can't believe we're already almost to the NBA Finals. I am pumped. I love NBA playoff basketball, especially when we get to the finals. And if the Lakers make it, you got LeBron, Anthony Davis. If the Heat make it or the Celtics make it, I think there's just going to be interesting matchups because nobody predicted the Heat or the Celtics in the NBA finals. I didn't hear anybody thinking that. All I heard about was the Bucks or the Raptors. But Milwaukee and Toronto are sitting at home. This is going to be interesting. The Boston Celtics and the Denver Nuggets have some tough sledding ahead of them, no doubt about it. But that's not the only thing that isn't a walk in the park. It's tough to start something new. A new business isn't a smooth startup. A new product or service for a new business or company isn't as easy as riding a bike either. In the digital world, Jamison Media Services gives that bike new tires, a comfortable cushion, and a motor. No pedals needed. Locally owned Jamison Media Services offers businesses and organizations something extremely important in the technology era, digital marketing solutions. To help your professional endeavor prosper and stay successful, Jamison Media Services designs websites, produces videos, manages social media, and has a license to fly drones for photography and video. You choose the vehicle, a new shiny bike made easy to ride, a drone for flashy stylish vibes, or both. Jamison Media Services paves the road and clears the skies for amazing digital marketing solutions. Call 815-866-9352 to contact owner Brent Jamison. Also make sure to check out JamisonMediaServices.com. I have one word to describe Chicago baseball right now. S-T-R-U-G-G-L-I-N-G. Struggling. Oh my gosh. Cubs lost today against the Pirates, 7-0. The White Sox fall to the Cleveland Indians, 5-4. Both are in the playoffs. Both have a chance to win their divisions. The Cubs have a three-game lead over the St. Louis Cardinals, currently right now at 9.28 p.m. on Thursday, September 24th. A three-game lead over the Cardinals. And the White Sox are now a game behind the Minnesota Twins after leading the division the better part of the last month. Why can't they keep playing like they were playing? What is going on? They are choking. I hate to say that word with Chicago baseball teams, but right now that's exactly what is happening. They're in the playoffs, so we don't have to worry about that. But let's get the pennants. Let's put ourselves in better playoff positioning. Taking the division is huge for both squads, especially the White Sox, who are in new territory for this young group of players. And I know they're young, so to have these struggles where they're up and down, roller coaster, we're going to win a lot of games, and then we 
lose a lot of games. They've lost four out of their last five. Actually, five out of the last six with this loss to the Indians. That's four straight. So they got to get it together. The playoffs start in five days. They start September 29th. They got five days. So the White Sox got to find a way to catch that one game. And the Cubs got to find a way not to blow a three-game lead. Do not become the New York Mets. Every time I think of a team squandering a division lead, I always think of the New York Mets. They find a way to drop it every time. That's why they're not even playing for anything in the last few years. I think it got to them. But watch the last three innings of the Sox and Indians game, and I'm glad I did. I turned it on like right before both teams just started a scoring buffet. There were just scoring runs everywhere. So after the third, Chicago, Cleveland tied 1-1. They both scored in the third. We get to the top of the seventh. White Sox put up three in the top of the seventh. And I was happy. I'm watching this like, oh, man, here we go. Here we go. One run, two runs, three. I'm like, okay, we got a 4-1 a lead. Hang on to this. We got this. I started jotting things down really quickly because, I don't know, it just felt like, okay, seems like runs are going to explode here. And I'm not saying I can guess the future or that I know a lot of anything or anything like that. But that's kind of what happened. For the Sox, top of the seventh, Yasmany Grando grounds out, but he scores Johan Mankata, which was awesome. Even though Johan wasn't looking healthy. And they had people fanning him in the dugout and just looked sickly. Did not look like he had his bearings and he was all there. But he scored, got on the board. Then, two RBI single left center from Nomar Mazera. Amazing! Scores Jose Abreu, my guy, and Eloy Jimenez, my guy. Everybody's guys. Great baseball players. So I'm like, all right, we got a 4-1 lead. This is going to be awesome. Hopefully we can hold on. Didn't hold on at all. The same inning, bottom of the seventh, Indians put four on the board to take a 5-4 lead, which happens to be the end of the game. That was the score. Cesar Hernandez, two RBI singles, scoring Mike Freeman and Tyler Naquan. Jose Ramirez, a two RBI double, scoring Delino, the Shields, and Cesar Hernandez. Hernandez was all over the place, getting it done, RBIs and scoring runs. But man, what is going on in Chicago? Like, they had the game, it's 4-1, hold on. Couldn't do it. Indians still got those bats, though, showing why they went to a World Series. Just crazy good bats, and they came up clutch when they needed to. In the same inning, that was what drove me crazy. Like, you couldn't even wait to the 8th or ninth, make it like an epic loss, but you held on. No. Like, hey, we're going to answer you right now. Stop thinking that you're going to win this game. That's what they did. They just shut the door real quick. Like, all right, Chicago, you're done. It was saddening. It was saddening. But got a few more games left. Like I said, playoffs start in five days. So got to get that game back. Got to get that game back from the Twins. Have to. Let's get that pennant. I can scream about pennants in baseball, playoffs, World Series all day. But I have nothing to do with that. I can't control what happens. But there is something I can control, and that is getting in shape and staying that way. Came across something super, super cool since 2015. LP CrossFit has been offering something unique to the Illinois Valley. A customized way to get in shape while having fun. Whether you're new to exercise or an experienced athlete, LP CrossFit is the right place 
For you, LP CrossFit is a diverse community with a culture focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. LP CrossFit will help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life. LP CrossFit offers a weekly schedule of classes for every fitness fan. Whether you want to dial up the intensity or take a more relaxed approach, LP CrossFit's trained coaches tailor each and every workout for every athlete in every class. CrossFit classes are programmed with a mixture of body weight, gymnastic, barbell, and other movements to build strength and endurance. All small group classes are coach-led and all movements are infinitely scalable so they can work with any fitness level, injury, or mobility restriction. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook, online at lpcrossfit.com, or in person in the Peru Mall across from Secret Nails. You'll never have so much fun while getting so fit. I did try CrossFit a couple times a few years ago, and if it wasn't for geography and location, and I switched jobs and I moved out of state and all this other stuff, I would have stayed involved. Then I come back around and I'm in a totally different town, totally different environment and not around it. But when I get a chance, I definitely want to enroll in classes and do it again. It is a lot of fun. Getting in shape, let's face it, is tough. It is really tough and nobody wants to do it. I was glad to try the experience and now I'm just trying to get back into it because it works. It totally works. After those two workouts, I felt like a million bucks. Don't know if I quite look like it because two classes isn't going to go poof and all the extra weight is gone and you're in miraculous shape. But felt better. My body felt better. I was moving a little bit better just after those two workouts. I think I did them on a Tuesday and Thursday. And by Saturday, it's kind of limber, running around, playing basketball. It was a lot of fun. And I definitely recommend it. Having talked about Giannis Antetokounmpo winning the MVP, I like saying his name like that. I actually don't even like saying Giannis. I like saying Giannis. I get my friend, former co-host of Edge of Your Seat podcast, Tony Miles, all riled up with that one. Giannis instead of Giannis. He gets all upset. But he was named the MVP a few days ago, a week ago, and I kind of slept on it. I'm like, man, can they change this? Can they reverse it? Can they? Would they? Can you ever have like an appeal? Like there's an appeals group and they're like, oh, you know what? My bad. We gave this award to the wrong person. You know, votes weren't counted right. I mean, it happens to elections, right? Why can't we do it for MVP voting? I like Giannis. Don't get me wrong. Great player. Very, very athletic. However, he's athletic. He's not a great shooter. And he has to rely on that raw athletic ability to do anything on the basketball court. James Harden has said it, press conferences on this show, Jimmy D'Angelo has said it, it's been said before, he really doesn't have a high skill level, and it definitely showed against the Miami Heat, where Miami Heat knocked out the number one seed in the East in the second round of the playoffs. The Milwaukee Bucks were supposed to be, still playing right now, they're supposed to be in the Eastern Conference Finals and representing the East in the NBA Finals. They're not, they're at home. That's on Giannis. If he's the best player in the league, then you're still playing right now. You're still pushing. You're still doing those things that make your team win. The last couple games of that series, I don't think he was doing that. 
And I know it's not just based off playoffs. It's a whole season. And before bubble ball, before COVID-19, he was on a roll. He was playing well. But people are starting to figure out his game. Not a lot of people are that size. Not a lot of people are that quick. But the Heat played team defense and found a way to shut them down. They just laid out the blueprint to hold the MVP of the league. The reigning two-time MVP of the league. He won last year as well. So they already put the blueprint. Set it in place of how to stop Giannis. All I'm saying is I don't think he's the MVP. Great player. All-star for sure. All-NBA team for sure. Just not the MVP I would give it to that man named LeBron James. Sounds weird because I'm usually saying, oh, LeBron's getting older, you know, he's not that good. Sounding like an old man or somebody that's been a Michael Jordan fan their entire life. Just if you didn't know, I am. But LeBron has been playing amazing basketball all year, has raised up to the expectations. Los Angeles Lakers supposed to be in the finals or at least the Western Conference finals playing the Denver Nuggets or the Los Angeles Clippers, however it worked out. Most people thought it was going to be a L.A.-L.A. battle. It's not. They're playing Denver. But Denver still had that team to get to the Western Conference Finals as well. So LeBron held to his end of the bargain and did it with huge numbers all season long. Yes, he's got Anthony Davis. Yes, and he's got a bench of very experienced players that have been in this game a long time. Maybe not even on the bench. Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo. They've won NBA championships. He has players. Are they a little older? Not the same players they were? Yeah, but they're still knowledgeable, skilled, athletic basketball players. LeBron put that team on his shoulders. Well, at least half a shoulder. We'll say a shoulder. Anthony Davis had the other one. But put that team on his shoulder and did what they were supposed to do. Giannis didn't do that. Had the numbers. But the team isn't doing nothing. And I know it's the best player in the league to help the team do the best. And I keep talking about LeBron with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis doesn't get the Lakers where they're at without LeBron. No way. No way. LeBron does everything on the court. You watch a Lakers game, it's like this man is 25 years old still. Not quite, but we'll say 25. Playing like a young man. LeBron James should have got the award. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Like I said, there's not going to be appeal. There's not going to be a grand jury. There should be, but it's not going to happen. So congrats to Giannis, winning the award. Don't know if you should have got it, but hey, you did enough to the people that were voting to get the award. So props to you. Hopefully Milwaukee can do something next year. But from the rumblings that have been going on ever since they were bounced from the playoffs, is Giannis might not even be in Milwaukee next year. Free agent. People are going to try to gobble him up and put him on the roster. He is a top 10 player in the league. Some say he's the best, obviously. He was voted the best. Or a top 5 or a top 8. I don't know. I'm going to say top 10 from now. Not really ranking him out. I do think LeBron is still the best player in the league right now. I mean, the man has taken crazy care of his body. He looks better than most 35-year-olds walking the planet because he's ready for the long haul. He didn't want to play five, six years, and then be like, yeah, I'm done. This dude could probably play 25 if he wants to in season 17 right now. I would throw Kawhi ahead of Giannis. I would throw Dame Lillard ahead of him. I would throw Jimmy Butler ahead of him. I know it's just because he's amazing in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler has been playing his butt off all year. I would put him ahead of Giannis. James Harden, put him ahead of Giannis. 
Nikolai Jokic, the Joker, I would put him ahead of Giannis. So like I said, just depends what you think. I mean, it's subjective, right? So anywhere in the top 10, I don't think he falls off the top 10. I really honestly don't. But I don't think he's the MVP of the league. Also going on right now is a football game. Miami Dolphins, Jacksonville Jaguars. I picked the Jags to win. Thought it was going to be... I'm not going to say a dominating win for them, but I thought they were going to beat the Dolphins. Nope, they're losing 28-7. to But that seven points, or well, at least six of them, from a touchdown, James Robinson, product of Rockford Lutheran, well-known in the Illinois Valley High School football ranks. Actually, all of IHSA, he set the record for most touchdowns and most rushing yards, and now he was undrafted. And is blowing the NFL away. Scored his first career touchdown last week. And follows it up with one this week. On the ground rushing. He has 10 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown. Receiving wise he has 83 yards on 6 receptions. So over 120 yards. About 128. There's 9 minutes and 14 seconds left in the 4th. But they got to score 21 points. Just to tie. 22 to take the lead. And I don't know if Jacksonville's got that kind of manpower. But it is awesome to see an Illinois kid, James Robinson. He ain't a kid no more. He's a grown man playing in the NFL, getting things done. That's a nice little transition into high school action. Want to start off with IHSA. Had a meeting on Wednesday and decided to extend the playoffs for cross country and golf. Instead of having just a regional, they're going to have a regional and a sectional. Still hope for a state final, a state tournament of some sort. Don't know if that's going to happen, but we didn't think a sectional was going to happen either. We got a sectional, so that is one more week of cross country and golf. I know I'm excited. These high school athletes got to be excited too. They get one more chance to earn another medal, earn another week of doing the sport, participating in the sports. That they love. Rewinding it back just a little bit for the first event I want to talk about. Amboy Cross Country on Tuesday was in a triangular in Oregon. They defeated Oregon and Winnebago as Amboy had 35, Oregon had 44, Winnebago had 45. The Clippers for the last three meets have been down four runners to quarantining and to injury. So to be able to do what they're doing, still getting wins, says a lot about that program and the buy-in factor that they have in Amboy. In this triangular on Tuesday, Brock Loftus, junior from Amboy, was victorious with a time of 18 minutes, 5.1 seconds. Coming in second was fellow junior from Amboy, Ian Eller, as he ran an 18-19.1. Wyatt Lundquist came in sixth with a 20-23.1, and Andrew Jones was eighth with a 20-28.7. The girls ends of things, Amboy was third with the 69, Oregon was second with the 55, and Winnebago crushed it with the 15. The top six runners of the girls race were all from Winnebago. Grace Erb got the victory with a 19.15.4. Amboy's best time was from Lauren Althouse with a 22.44.3. Now let's get back to some today's action. We're going to fast forward from Tuesday. Boys action, 
Triangular, Princeton won with a 161, St. Bede with the 170, Kiwani with a 216. The medalist was Princeton senior Adam Vigers. Ottawa and Mendota went to war. Ottawa took it by just three strokes, winning 163 to 166. Three golfers had 40s as Ottawa's Drake Kaufman and Caden Erickson shot a 40 and Mendota's Jack Beats had a 40. Other scores for Ottawa, Jonathan Cooper had a 41 and Drake Stout had a 42. For the Trojans, Ethan Hanneman a 41, Logan Bradner a 42, and Clay Buffington a 43. Don't know if you've listened to Edge of Your Seat podcast before, which you can catch on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. Ottawa and Mendota boys golf teams have been extremely consistent. They are never, ever many strokes apart. The top four or five golfers are like 40, 41, 42, 43, or 38, 39, 40, 41. Very, very consistent right there with each other. So that means in practices, they are pushing each other to be better golfers. That's amazing, and it's definitely showing every time they step on the greens. Also in boys golf action, LaSalle Peru defeated Plano 163 to 193. Carter Fenza, the medalist scored 38. Coleman Rundle had a 39. Caden Venezuela, a 42. And Drake Hawthorne, a 44. Flipping to some girls action. In golf, Stillman Valley defeated Genoa Kingston 197 to 220. Well, went 35 minutes without mentioning my name or the guest. That's what I call. Loving what you're talking about, going through scores, talking about NBA basketball, talking about James Robinson, who you've seen play at the high school level in the NFL, talking about local high school stuff going on right now. Glad that the kids are back at it. IHSA extending playoffs. Everything is going well after a crazy, crazy spring and summer Due to this COVID-19, it is not gone yet, but we're getting back to some normalcy, some stuff that we can get hyped up about and forget to mention your own name. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance. This is episode 112. The guest today, Cam McDonald. Always awesome talking to Cam. Graduated from Hall after helping the baseball team win the 2018 IHSA Class 2A State Championship. He is now a junior at University of Illinois, where he has helped the Fighting Illini since day one. His freshman year, he blew through the door and started more games than any other Illini. He's been a fixture of the program, and he's not stopping yet as he continues and continues and continues to try to get better at his craft. Always a pleasure to speak with Cam and very happy, glad to be able to share the combo with you on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We will be back on Saturday with episode 113. The special guest is Sarah Jacobson, who is the owner of LP CrossFit. She's got a lot of good stories. Very cool person to speak with about tons of stuff, including getting in shape including alcoholic beverages. Yeah, I know that's pretty crazy. Talking to somebody who is very fit and trains other people to get fit, 
and we talk about alcoholic beverages. And we talk a lot about other stuff as well. But before we get to Sarah, let's talk with Cam. Let's get to it. Take care. Thanks for listening as always. Until next time, peace. It's a beautiful day outside. I've been outside pretty much all day doing stuff. I know a lot of other people are. One guy that I know loves to be outside, especially on a baseball field, whether it's fall, spring, whenever, whether it's a beautiful day or raining, whatever, he's always on a baseball field. I'm talking about Cam McDonald. How's it going, my friend? It's going good, man. I, yeah. I'm doing all right. Do you want to be in a baseball field right now? Yeah, I'd probably do anything to be on a baseball field right now. <laughs> Just so people that do not know, Hall graduate, Helped the 2018 Red Devils win the state championship and is a junior going to University of Illinois. He's played baseball for them the last two years. Definitely a great baseball player. And you've done it your whole life, so I know you're probably, you know, fiending for it at the moment. Yeah, for sure. It's been a crazy year. A lot of stuff that uh, you would never really think would happen has happened this year, and it uh, really just makes you appreciate the little things in life. Definitely. How far did Illinois get through its spring season last year? About 12 games in when we got uh, the call that our season was canceled. That had to have felt like you got beamed in the head with a baseball. Yeah, it was probably, I mean, overall, the season was probably uh, the hardest year of baseball that I've went through. I wasn't off to a good start. I tried to make a swing and change in the off season. I couldn't figure it out. I made it like three months before the season, and I couldn't figure it out in three months, and I was kind of trying to figure it out as the season went on, and it just, I kind of was lost when the season got banged, so it just all, overall, piling on top of each other wasn't great. And as a freshman, you had a pretty awesome start to a college career. I think you played every game for the Illini, did a lot of good things, was in the rotation or the batting lineup, just doing a lot of great things. You know, when you get to play in the spring, hopefully, what are you trying to do to get back to that level after kind of a slow start for your sophomore year? Yeah, I mean, I, I got back to that level this summer. I thought I was even better than I was my freshman year this summer. I just really went home and had to look at myself in the mirror and, like, figure out what I needed to do to get back on track. It was more the fact of, like, the swing change kind of, like, I had to take a step backwards before I could take a step forward. Because I was watching all these guys on TV, like Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, uh, Justin Turner, and I was watching all these guys, and I'm like, man, my swing doesn't look like that. I got to figure out what they're doing, and I got to implement that into my game and figure out, because they're the best in the world. That's where I'm trying to get. I had to figure out what I needed to do to get there, and it kind of took me a while to figure it out. And I think now I kind of have a grasp on what my swing takes to play at the highest level and what I need to do to get there. So what were some things that you did to get your swing that way? Because you said, you know, this summer you were playing better than you thought you did freshman year. What were some things? Was it just your location of your swing? What were some things that you did to make it how you want it? As a hitter, I've always had, like, good hands, and they've kind of saved me because I didn't use my lower half as good as I could. I just, like, had to figure out something that worked for me to get into my legs. And it's a lot of trial and error, honestly, just figuring out, oh, like, that feels good. Like, that feels really good. And just, like, trying different things and figuring out what works for you. And, like, now I feel like I finally have, like, a base to work off of. And I have an idea, like, when things start going wrong, I know what I need to do to fix it. Through the struggles of your sophomore year, 
was it just batting? Were you okay with other things in your game, fielding? Was everything else how you wanted it? Yeah, I had to be pretty good in the field to stay in the lineup, so I was I was pretty good on defense. I mean, it was that was twelve games in. I mean, I was I was really stressing about it during the season because there was a lot of pressure I put on myself from all the expectations from people outside the team and like newspapers and stuff writing about me and it just like honestly I wouldn't wish that on anybody I realized like man it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks it's about just being successful and like being present that's the biggest thing too is being present and being where your feet are and like not worried about result not being so result oriented so pretty much you just had to shut out all the background noise yeah I mean I, I didn't really have anything my freshman year I was um Going into the year, I didn't really have any expectations going in. Like, all I wanted to do was to get a chance to play. I was playing with, like, I mean, like, I think seven guys on that team got drafted. And I was like, I'll just, like, do anything to get on the field. And, like, going into my sophomore year, I had all these expectations. I want to hit, blah, 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 home runs, hit over, like, 300 and do all this other stuff. Like, realistically, like, the only thing you can tr- control as a baseball player is hitting the ball hard. Everything else is going to happen on its own. You just put in the work and trust it, everything's going to work out. Speaking of work, were you working on your game this summer? That's pretty much all I do. I spend every day just working on baseball and then uh, getting in the weight room. It was, I mean, it was pretty easy with being in quarantine, too. Your father, Matt McDonald, who played for Princeton and then went on to the farm system, has been a big part of your baseball career. Did you work with him over the summer? We went and hit every day after he got done with work, and um, there were some pretty epic fights when uh, we went to go hit together about uh, just little things from being around each other too much. They were like full blown like screaming matches, and they got pretty nasty. But like after it, obviously, I'd get in the car, and he's like, "I'm sorry," and then I'd say, "I'm sorry," and then we'd be fine. <laughs> so it was like some father son stuff. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I yell at you, you yell at me. Five minutes later, I give you a hug or a handshake. I love you. Let's go eat dinner. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. It's cool to have that bond with somebody that, you know, you can train with that knows the game. And you can get mad and yell and, you know, be yourself while you're doing it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's one of those things that most people are like, well, you don't want to yell and scream at people. But, you know, every argument isn't negative maybe you're getting something out of that that you didn't know before yeah for sure you did play some summer ball as well besides training with your father correct with uh rockford yes what team were you playing with and what kind of league uh, i was playing at the rockford rivets in the north was and um that league was extremely good this summer because all the kids from like the northwoods league is like one of the best in the country it's like the second best in the country behind like the cape cod league and uh, the Cape Cod League got canceled, so all those kids from the Midwest that would go to the Cape Cod League were in that league. Okay. Who were some players that were in that league that right off your head, like, hey, we got to watch out for this guy? My team was pretty crazy. We had uh, Carson Seymour, who uh, was number, he's the number 25 guy on the draft board for next year. And then uh, Wicks, I can't even think of his first name. He goes to. Kansas State, but he was number 16 on the draft board for next year. And then we had Bobby Seymour, who was uh, the ACC Player of the Year last year. Those are three of the biggest names, I'd say, on our team. Uh, well, I mean, right next to yours, right? Yeah, yeah. Just learning from those guys, though, was 
crazy. What were some things you took away from that experience? I mean, honestly, the biggest thing I took away was probably even the pitchers, like those two guys, like asking them, like, how would you throw me? How, like, where would you pitch me to get me out? And just like bouncing ideas off each other. And then like, when would you throw like a breaking ball to a left-handed hitting, like three-hole hitter? The scenarios, different scenarios. Like I've said before, you've been playing baseball your entire life. Is it weird or different, cool, unique when you get to this level and you're able to do that? Talking to pitchers that you may see down the road in a college game or something like that, but, you know, during the summer we're on the same team and, you know, let's just talk about baseball and what we need to do to get better. It's really cool to talk to those guys, and some of those guys are, like, some of my best friends, even though we were only together for, like, two months. We were together every day. It was, like, it was a lot of fun playing at that team. That might have been the best team I've ever been on. I mean, you obviously take a mental note of, like, the things they tell you. So, like, if you do face them, you know, like, what they like to do or what they like to throw. So you do take something away from it, too. And then at the same time, they're probably remembering what they told you, and then we'll try to do something different. Yeah, maybe, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's a chess game. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Definitely a chess game. You said it was uh, a short two months. How many games did you guys fit into that? I think I played, like, 25 games right around there. So you guys were legitimately at it every day. Yeah, we played every day, pretty much. And you did just say that that was one of the best teams that you've ever been on. What would your Hall buddies say about that? I think they would agree. I think there's probably, like, there's a decent amount of big leaguers on that team that I played with uh, in the summer. Or good, good chance to be big leaguers. So guys in a couple years we're going to see on TV? Yeah. So it had to be extremely cool to try to pick their brains. Oh, yeah, definitely. And at the same time, like, I wanted to be, like, get myself to hitting, like, in the three spot in the lineup, two spot in the lineup. Like, I didn't want to be, like, like, I wanted to be better than them, obviously, which is, like, I, I mean, a good thing to have. Like, I want to pick their brains, and I want to get on their level, obviously. What spot were you in in the lineup? After my uh, terrible spring, I was, I started in the nine hole. Oh, that was crazy. And then uh, I worked my way up, like, I was in, like, six for a while, and then I moved to five. And then, like, the last two weeks, I was hitting second and third. So that would be a pretty good feeling that you were able to work your way up there. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, this summer was pretty much, like, a trial of, like, what I worked on in uh, the quarantine part of break and just trying to, like, lock it in, be comfortable with the plate. Because I only got close to 100 at-bats, and I felt like I got to the point like where I was extremely confident at the end of the summer and trusted my abilities. So we went from ninth to second and third on a team, a lineup that you said is insane, crazy, bananas, and you were able to do that. That's got to be huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was big. Just get back to the point like where I wasn't thinking anymore, and it was just like go out and play. That was another thing, too, is I, I read a lot of books on the mental game of baseball, and uh, that helped a lot, like of just not thinking and just going out and playing, just doing my thing, pretty much. So it sounds to me, obviously, you're playing baseball at University of Illinois. You have put in tons of work physically, now you're doing mental research, reading books, talking to players, figuring out different strategies. It sounds... Like, this is more than just a sport to you. Like, this is something you want to do for a while or obviously a career. I don't really want to have a real job ever. I kind of just, I want to stay in the baseball world and uh, I want to play this game as long as I can. Like, as long as 
God will let me play this game, I'm going to play it and just ride it out and see how far I can go. I love it. Well, man, I got to give you a thumbs up. Uh, congratulations for all the work that you're putting in. I mean, you can't be great at something or get to a level where everybody else is great if you're not putting in the work to be great yourself. So, man, big ups to you. Thanks, man. For sure. That just sounded like I was ending the conversation, and I really wasn't. I just wanted to tell you that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's a lot of people that just don't understand, like, the work that goes in. They see, like, obviously they saw me, like, struggle this year, and it was like, oh, like, he's, his freshman year was a fluke and all this other stuff, and, like, really, like, no, I was, like, I was working on things, and I was trying to figure something out. The grand scheme of things for me is not to be a 300 hitter in college and just be an average because I felt like my freshman year I was like I was a good freshman but I was an average college baseball player that's like not the goal that's not the end all goal I want to be like better than that I don't want to be good I want to be great kind of thing so you're pushing yourself trying to figure something out differently to try to get to that level and it just took you a little bit to pick it up yeah just finding out what the best in the world do and just trying to get to that point figuring out like what works for them and then like taking little things from them while also still doing the things that made you good in the first place kind of so it's kind of like picking and choosing what works for you because i mean i could do what my child does and think what he thinks and i could be terrible some of it's got to be on my own but like he could say something to me that would instantly click and i could be like really successful from it it all just depends. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different body type. Everybody's mind works differently. Bodies move differently. Your swing, you can't do something somebody else does because you're taller or shorter or smaller or bigger. Yeah, there's so many different intangibles of what works and what doesn't. Yeah, definitely. You have said the name Mike Trout a few times. Is he your favorite baseball player? He is not, but he is probably by far the best in the world right now. So he's definitely somebody that I look at. Christian Yelich is another big one for me. He's probably my favorite player. He's struggling right now, but, I mean, his body type is similar to mine. So he's definitely a guy I look at a lot just because we have a similar frame. He's long and skinny and tall, so I use him a lot. Yeah, how tall are you, like 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, yeah, about 6'4". And how much you weigh? I'm not going to guess that. Uh, about 210". A little bigger than I probably remember you from high school. No, yeah. I put on a decent amount of weight. Because in high school, you might have been like 170, like 180. maybe. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Would you say 180? Yeah, right in there. We said Hall a couple times, just mentioned high school. Your sophomore year, Tyra Barchik, your teammate from the Hall Red Devils, joined the staff as a pitcher. How cool was it having a teammate, a friend, come join you with the Illini? Yeah, it's definitely awesome playing the time because he always has my back and I know that going in and he's also one of the hardest workers I know and you just know like what you're getting out of time. One of the best pitchers I've ever played with and he's always in the zone consistently and he's a great competitor. So it's awesome having him here. Have you guys stayed in touch? I mean, the Hall baseball program has got many, many, many players in college right now. You and Ty are at Illinois. Brant Vanneman went to Kent State and is now at Parkland College. 
Jimmy D'Angelo went to Parkland College and is now at Southwestern Illinois College where Trezor Barchik, Ty's little brother, just committed there. So lots of Hall Red Devils around college baseball. Chancellor Sedich is playing for Blackhawk. You guys are everywhere. So do you guys stay in touch and, you know, tell about experiences and keep the Hall baseball legacy alive? No, yeah, it's like fun. We kind of do our own thing. I don't even... I honestly don't even see Brent that much when he's at school because we're like, we're so busy even though we're only like 15 minutes away. But um, we all stay in touch and then like when we get home, it's like we never left. We just get back to it. We all work and Brent's got a weight room in his garage and we use that and uh, we invite all the younger kids in the program to work out with us and uh, just keep building that program up just to leave it better than we found it. That's going to be hard to do, my friend. Uh, hey, when we came in there, we were it wasn't too hot. Okay, that might be true. You did win the first regional in like nineteen. No, I think it was sixteen years. Yeah, that's not like coach's fault. Obviously, coach. It was just him by himself, and that's that's really hard to coach a team when you don't have another coach with you. But yeah, I mean that's I mean that's the biggest thing is like trying to like keep building Paul baseball up. I mean we had. I think we had four kids commit last week, three to Blackhawk, and or maybe it was two to Blackhawk, and one to, uh, Traz was to Southwestern. Is it Southwestern? Yep. Southeastern? Southwestern. Southwestern, yeah. So, I mean, those guys are going to Blackhawk, which uh, my summer ball coach just got the head job at Blackhawk, so I've been in contact with him about some of the good players at home, told them, like, that these guys could play, and then he reached out to them and my dad who's still coaching at Hall and uh, talked to him about them and uh, he went to go watch him play and really liked him so that's kind of how that went. Who are the guys going to Blackhawk? Is one Peyton Plim? Peyton Plim and then uh, Jack Savage. I did see that. I did see that. So Hall players everywhere in the college ranks right now. Yeah and I, I honestly think that there's several coming up. Like, uh, honestly, both of my neighbors are really good. One's a one's a catcher, and then the other one's a left-handed pitcher, and they're both probably going to be college baseball players. And then uh, Chance's brother is one of the best athletes probably to ever go through Hall, I'd say. Yeah, Max got a lot of time to be awesome. He is a definitely a crazy athlete, and he's got what is he a sophomore? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for. The season that he's going to have next year because he does some things on the baseball field that you can't teach that is that's really impressive maybe you guys should just have an alumni game in like a year or two yeah maybe that would be nuts <laughs> yeah it's, it's really starting to blow up it's crazy like just all the kids like coming up even the kids in grade school like there's a lot of talent there that's coming it's, it's great to see it's awesome that we started it we can say that we started it definitely Tom Keegan, obviously a huge part of that. That's who you were talking about when you said coach. Started there as a head coach, I believe, in the 99 or 2000. Won the regional. Was it your freshman year or your sophomore year? Uh, we won. We didn't win our so We got beat our sophomore year. We won our junior year. Junior. I couldn't remember if it was – I knew it was before your senior year, obviously, because I was there yeah. at the regional when – did you beat Mendota? Yeah. We were down. We the last inning. Did somebody named Cam McDonald hit a home run? Yeah, I did. <laughs> that was a crazy game. That was probably one of the coolest games I've ever played at. 
I was calling it on the radio with Jeremy Aiken for WLPO, and we're watching the win, and we're like, man, if somebody just gets the ball right, they're going to knock it out of the park. Here comes Cam McDonald. I said, just get in the air. Yeah, that's all you had to do. The ball came in, and bam, it was gone. Quick. Yeah, yeah. Awesome memories. (laughs) Crazy to think that was like four years ago. Doesn't even seem possible. No, not at all. Not at all. But yeah, I remember talking to Tom, and he was like, man, this team deserves it, and they can go as far as they want to. Did you guys get to a sectional that year? Sectional final? Yeah, sectional final. We kind of blew it. <laughs> it's all right, though. We got we got it back next year, so the next year. Yeah, I think you made up for it your senior year when you guys just kind of, I'm not going to say you plowed through everybody, but you kind of made it look easy for most of the season. Yeah, yeah. That team was pretty impressive for a two-way team, I would say. You guys were hungry, that's for sure. This all the, I mean, we had, like, even the guys that didn't play baseball in college, like James and, like, the other guys, like, they were just, they were so athletic. Yeah, that's totally true. You had athletes everywhere, whether they were main baseball players or not. You guys were all athletes, everybody. Yeah, definitely. We've been talking a ton about baseball Let's talk about schooling. You are a junior at Illinois. When did you guys start, or when are you going to start, and are you doing e-learning or actually going to classes? All my classes are online, and, uh, like, I have videos. Like, I have set times per day when I have to be on video chat with, like, the teacher and, like, the rest of my classmates. It's pretty crazy, but, I mean, it's honestly not that bad because I can stay in my apartment and do class in my apartment, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's not bad. You don't have to go nowhere. You can just, can you stay in your pajamas? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I just, yeah, I just chill. I usually try to shower before because then if I stay in my pajamas, it's hard to stay awake. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Or you could do, like, the classy move and, like, keep the pajama pants on or, like, basketball shorts and then put on, like, a polo. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely done that before for our team meetings online. <laughs> It's the best way to do it. You're comfy and look good at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Just roll out of bed and just throw out a polo. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Oh, uh, yeah. You also said you want to play baseball as long as you can. Don't really want to work a real job until you absolutely have to. What are you going to school for if you have to, you know, fall back on education? Um, I'm in sports management, so obviously staying around, like, the sports field I want to do, um, the thing that I want to do most, though, is probably coach at the college level. And maybe at some point, like, end up coaching with my dad would be really cool in the future. That would be awesome. I could see that, actually. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. You could take the pitchers, and I could take the position guys, and then we could do that. Would there be screaming matches on the field? I mean, at that point, like, we've gotten a lot better. I think by, like, that time... Hopefully it's pretty far, like it's pretty far down the road. It'll mellow out by that, and there won't be any screaming matches. But I can still see there being a screaming match or two. I don't know if you'll believe me or not, but as you get older, the mellowness automatically happens. It does happen. Yeah, I would definitely say I mellowed out. I don't know if he has, but I have. <laughs> Even though he's your father and he's older, you've mellowed out and he hasn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. He's 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 definitely mellowed out. He used to be really hard on me, and it's. I mean, now he kind of just, he trusts me. He knows, like, how bad that I want it, like, that we share the same love for the game. So, I mean, at this point, it's pretty much, it's just on me now. He's handed over the reins. 
With you taking classes for sports management, that definitely means you're like, hey, even if I have to get a real job, I still want to stay around baseball. I don't want to leave. So you're you're in it, all in it, that this is what you want to do. Yeah. I've already, I've already talked to Coach Harlow briefly about coming back to coach, and he, just, he said that, like, even if it, like, wouldn't be here, like, he would help me find a job somewhere and, like, would refer me somewhere at least. So I thought that, I mean, that's pretty cool, and I definitely would want to come back and coach at Illinois in the future. Obviously, if I didn't play for, like, a real long time, like, that would be a big goal of mine to come back. Even if I did, I'd still want to come back and coach here. Yeah, Illinois coach Dan Harlow, great guy. He is a friend of the podcast. He was on here, I think, maybe after game two of your 12-game season last year. Great guy. Yeah, awesome, awesome person, great coach. I mean, he's kind of an Illinois baseball legend, been around for quite a long time. Lots of people know him, respect him, know he knows the game. What are some things that he has taught you or showed you or, you know, give some tips or pointers to you that you'll never forget? Some of the things, like, that I didn't understand when I was a freshman would be, like, like him all, like, coming down on, like, uh, me and, like, even, even Coach Chris, our other coach, like, always coming down, like, hard on, like, us and, like, even, like, when we would do something that was all right, but it wasn't, like, perfect. It wasn't, like, as good as it could be to get to, like, the next level. Realizing now, like, that's just because, like, they love us and want the best for us, basically. And just, like, I feel like Coach does a really good job. Like, you don't understand it your freshman year, but he's doing all the stuff that he does because he cares about us and wants us to be as, as successful as we want to be. Like, he has the same goal as we do. So kind of, like, understanding is tough love? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, the baseball stuff is, like, great. Like, obviously, they're very good at teaching that. But I just think the biggest thing is, like, that we know as players, like, that our coaches believe in us. But they're still going to be hard on us. I'm sure that goes a long way because if you don't have players that believe in you or, you know, don't trust what you're saying, they're not going to try and kind of vice versa. So, I mean, I think that's very, very important for a baseball program. No, yeah, you're not going to win if, uh... You don't, like, your coaches don't have respect. You're not going to win. So I've been doing this new thing. Well, I'll ask you what game you want to play. I got a few different ones I toss at you. You selected hot potato. Are you ready to get your hands hot, toss some things around? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Jordan. Thank you. (laughs) All day, Jordan, all day. Colors green or blue? Blue. Ham or turkey? Am. Ford or Chevy? Chevy. English or math? Math. Long trip, plane or car? Plane, for sure. Australia or the UK? Um, my grandpa went to Australia and said it was pretty cool, so I'll say Australia. Perfect. I guess we'll end on that one because that sounds like a good place to be. So I'm just going to leave it at that so I can think of a vacation out there. <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you for your time, Cam. It is always a pleasure talking with you, catching up. You too, man. Thanks again. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. I had a lot of fun, too. Thanks for calling, man.